Sequestered in my basement, away from my family. I did, you know, I have uh, done some radio fill-in because I'm no help to my family anyway. I'm just trapped in the basement. Figured I might as well work. Uh, but otherwise, no, it's been terrible. I haven't been able to uh, even be in the same room with, much less hug my wife for Valentine's Day. We like. Uh, Do you have like a like a dumb waiter where you can like just kind of like send out some candy hearts or something? No, I while she was at work, I positioned the flowers and and uh, <laughs> turtle candies on the counter and left them for her, and she uh, left me some meat hearts, some little uh, beef jerky meat hearts. But no, we can't we can't uh, we can't give them to each other or anything else for that matter. It's a, it's a big bummer. Yeah, well, not giving each other things is sort of sort of the point of you being in the basement, I would assume. So exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like, glad you were able to pull that off. Were you? Uh, does that mean you were really able to lock in on this uh, on part one of this final uh, last yes, night? Yes, it does mean that. Although respect to my wife, she locks in on a challenge final as well as anybody, so she would not have slowed me down in that respect. But um, no. No, you might have been the burner of, of that pair. Absolutely. But Triumph. <laughs> triumph is ours, Derek. Finally. I <laughs> I couldn't... I, like, I just... I don't even know how to describe the joy I felt, the massive weight that seemed to lift off my shoulders when Jay was eliminated. It just... It made me feel better about every other person in the game. All of a sudden... I, I was like, you know what? I, it's, uh, it's okay if Corey wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I still don't feel like. I mean, I came in as going, if anybody but Nerese wins, I'm going to be upset. Um, and I think I still feel that way, to be honest. I mean, look, um, but the I, first, clearly the person who would have made us the most upset is is uh, went out first. So, and, and that's important. That, I, Yes, and maybe it's me. I feel like that should have felt better than it did, honestly. Like, I should have been jumping up and down screaming, and I was mostly just like, all right, high five. <laughs> we got him. Right. I, I would agree, but I, you know what did excite me tremendously was, well, again, I did just feel lighter after he was eliminated, but I was extremely excited by the fact that they didn't even show TJ saying anything to Jay until they were doing the walk-off and they just played like a reverby, echoey. Take care of yourself, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I just it it feeds my soul that TJ also doesn't want Jay back. Um, Jay didn't Jay didn't get a real teary goodbye either. I don't think. Nope. Right? Like he didn't. There wasn't like a big montage of the season. Nope. You know? And Corey, Corey made the critical point, which is. Yeah, he was shady all game long. It's time to get get him out of here, and we're all glad he's gone. 
He, he, right, this guy who was supposedly protecting them all game, yep. right, with all these friends. By the end, they were all like, eh. <laughs> yep. Maybe maybe Emmanuel wasn't like that. Maybe uh, maybe no. And, and I will Let's say, like we talked all season about the type of threat Emmanuel could be in a final, and he is putting that on paper. Um, he does everything well. Yeah, he's putting it on paper, but like, I, I you know, it's like against this group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, right, but that's like also put, and it's like these are the people who have been used and abused all season. It's but kind of like, you, yeah, it's a, but you I've played the schedule. Toys. Sure, you know, you, you sure play you the do. games in front of you, and and it's not like he's eking by. He is he is slaughtering the field, um, yeah. and and barring some major, you know, equalizer. I'm not sure how Norris can catch him. Um, that being said, should we cut to? Can we cut? To, I mean, I you know, I hate to jump all the way to the end, but I feel like this is sort of relevant now. Like, what's the smart decision for him to make in terms of who to send into elimination? Yeah, I think I think it's Corey. Well, it's either Corey or Norris, right? Um, right. I, I feel like he's going to do Norris, but yeah, to I mean, Corey is the answer. Yeah, I mean, Corey is the biggest, strongest person left um, and was pretty fast in that elimination against Jay. Yeah. Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah. The, the elimination against Jay, that to me was like a, a warning flare. Like, maybe you want to put this guy in a situation where he's out or at the very least he's going to take out somebody that somebody else who might be decent. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, I think the question becomes, you know, Look, from if if it was me, I'd probably just throw Corey in and uh, be done with it. He's either going to get knocked out or he's going to take somebody else out. Emmanuel is probably going to be worried about who would pick Berna. And so I yeah, wonder... Yeah, but I don't know if you can worry about that because I think almost anyone would pick Berna. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's the problem, right? So I, I wonder if he tries to say, hey, you know... Um, I just there's no I guess there's really no way to work it at that point. So it's an right. interesting he's question. Gonna, he's not gonna have the space to cut a deal. What what I what I'm concerned he will do, and what I think both of you and I agree he shouldn't do is base any of this on how people have treated him in the game thus far. That's like, right. Loyalty not time, not time for that decision. You know what I mean? Loyalty should matter zero right now. Absolutely, right. loyalty zero. should be to you. Yeah, that's so. right. Because all you're trying to think about right now is, I am, you know, one day from 250k in a challenge championship. Who's my biggest threat, uh, and how can I weaken them? Either just by making them participate in an elimination, or by eliminating them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it probably is Corey, but but I, I tell you, the way Norris has succeeded on puzzles. I, I really think she's right there. I really do. Yeah. I think there's a chance Corey picks Norris. I don't think there's a chance Norris picks Corey. You mean you think there's a chance Corey would go against Norris? Yeah, right. Isn't that isn't that how that works, right? Like don't how Well, I don't think we know for sure. Person in the elimination? I don't think oh. we know for sure. That's what happened the first time. But in the chaos portion of the game. They were competing against anything. champs. And then in the last portion of the game, it was a, you know, last place automatically goes in. So I'm not sure 
whoever Emmanuel picks will have their choice. I, that's probably the best bet. Um, but it's possible that someone else will be sort of thrown in automatically. Right, or there's a hopper sort of situation or something. I don't know. You just never uh, know. Um, yeah. yeah. The TJ's unpredictable. You just yeah. never know. You never know. Uh, <laughs> uh, it sure seems like there's going to be a water challenge in this third leg because we've been some, near some water, but we haven't, other than some well, kayaking, kayak. we haven't really used it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, if there's no swimming, that certainly skews in Mariah and Narisa's favor because uh, sure they're struggling in the water. I So I guess they're basically done with partners now, so maybe it's a non-issue. But... Boy, Berna. <laughs> I mean, she's rough episode for Berna. Rough it's up, so bad. For Berna. I I don't like. I don't want to hate on Berna because she. I don't know her life. You know, maybe I'm. I have no reason to not believe her when she talks about how hard it's been. Um, I'm. I am sympathetic, but like at some point. You just gotta face the problems in front of your face and stop making everything like a, a huge dramatic sob story, right? I mean, yeah. I, see, that's that's the whole thing. It's like it's not just that she's failing. She's like, because Corey failed. You know what I mean? Like, it's failing dramatically. Yeah, is 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 the part about it that's like so annoying and it's dramatics that feel like they're counterproductive you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's just uh-huh. it, it's counterproductive dramatics and and you bringing up Corey is a great example i like i've had a lot plenty of criticism for Corey over the course of the season but credit to him for like he blew the challenge <laughs> he took it on the chin he said i'll go in and voted for himself Voted for himself and then picked one of the tougher competitors to face because yeah. he wanted to get rid of him. And, and then whipped his ass. <laughs> and by the way, like, really was, you know, locked in, nose to the grindstone, on and focused and calm on that elimination. I was impressed. Mm -hmm. um, Jay yeah. was panicking, and Corey kept it cool and got it done. I, like, that raised him in my estimation significantly. And at least now there are two people who have survived an elimination in this field. Um, so, you know, and then, and then also for just the philosophically him to say, I'm just not going to pick someone who's the only person here who's been in eliminations. Like, I, I mean, we know for a fact, Jay would have picked Norris if he had been the one who got voted. I, don't, I, actually, I actually don't think that's true. I don't think that's okay. true. I think Jay would have picked Colleen. Okay. I mean, his last words were, Narice, you better win this, <laughs> right? Like, How are you I, still I taking this I fucking guy at likes, his word, Derek? I think he still likes Narice. I mean, I understand that that's crazy, but I think in his mind, you know, he didn't do anything to her in his mind. I agree with that part. In his mind. I agree with that part, but I think, like, in his mind... He doesn't think about Narice. He doesn't think about Michelle. He doesn't yeah, he think about anybody. Himself, which, again, is why I come around to him picking Colleen. No. No, I don't think so. I think in his head, no. he's all about Jay. 
and he would have been afraid yeah. of Corey. So he would have, he would have taken the easiest player, Khalid. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Well, first of all, Burn is the easiest player. Second of all, Maybe I Burn. think he would have taken. Fine. But it wouldn't have been Nerese. Wouldn't have been Nerese. I don't know. Not. Maybe not. That, Maybe he would have been scared much. of Nerese. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to argue too hard against that. But the notion that him saying Nerese, you better go win this thing, has any meaning or value behind it is totally ridiculous right. the guy is right, he's a he's fine. a pathological I'll bullshit i'll he, concede i'll concede that point but i don't i i, I at the very least it, just because he's seen her win enough eliminations he's not maybe maybe he'd be afraid that the only emotion like the, the the only strategic process that's going on in jay's head is fear there's no that i mean yeah i don't i don't believe anything he says and i sincerely hope that the reunion is his last appearance on the challenge although i know it won't. i highly doubt that that will be the case. i know i know um, but i still hope i can still hope until it happens while we're on the subject of jay um i i, I did think it was interesting that like you know as he's been picked but before he's going in you know he's like darn it you know <laughs> i was hoping to play a perfect game this season yeah you know no eliminations and then win the final and like is that a perfect game is going through a season without having to face elimination and then winning like is that what you would consider a perfect season like to me that's not my definition of a perfect season <laughs> Like I, I want to see someone win an, win some eliminations to to win the title. Yeah, I mean a perfect season. That's an for incomplete a, season. It's yeah, I think a season. perfect season for a player is different than a perfect season for a viewer. First of all, um, but I guess what I would say about that whole uh, scenario is that I don't have a problem with somebody. Setting a goal to avoid elimination. That's a smart goal. You know what I mean? What I don't like is the shenanigans, the the utter lies, and then the gaslighting. That, to me, is really the issue. Like, everybody on the challenge strategizes and, you know, engages in subterfuge and lies occasionally. But this self-righteous gaslighting where... It's all how dare you think for yourself and not just listen to everything I say and do everything for my game. I can't believe what, it, like, how dare... That is what yeah, fires me up about Jay. If he had stuff. just said from the... If, if he had just been a guy trying to avoid elimination by being sneaky and not, like, self-righteous and obnoxious, I would not feel this way about him. But Well, and we've seen, we've seen competitors, like, most notably CT... Yeah. You know, try to do execute as a strategy, you know, the I'm going to lay low and just kind of try to stay off of people's radar and never really get voted in. Exactly. Uh, but and, Dra- but and like that's to me is a perfect execution of a strategy. I right. don't know if it's a perfect season so much. You know, what It's I mean? certainly not the um, best season. Right. I mean, and perfect that's not, season, also not what Jay was not laying low. Right? That's like, what was, I was going to say. That was not his strategy. His strategy was lay high and then throw temper tantrums at everybody if they don't do exactly what I want. And it's just awful. Right. It was also Michelle's strategy. Yeah. So I think it's a tough one to pull off, honestly. It's almost impossible to be that front and center orchestrating everything all game long without being successful or dangerous and not have people come for you at the end. Yeah. 
Because by then they don't like you and they think you're good. So like they're trying to get rid of you. Um, right. Yeah. They didn't. None of the, none of them laid low enough. I don't think. No. Uh, finally, while we're on the subject of Jay, did he not have like the lamest of the like what I'm gonna do with the money? Yes, absolutely <laughs> the lamest. Like, I can't wait for that. Like, oh, you don't need this at all. No. <laughs> like, like, maybe, I'm a, I'll pay off some of the mortgage and like maybe <laughs> reinvest in my business. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, great. Thank Cool, man. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple other notes I want to throw in. Uh, we got a. I did not have a burn of the week, but I had two lines of the week. Uh, one was, and I don't even know who said it, but one was in the eating challenge. Someone was still trying to eat, and Corey was like over on the side puking his guts out. And somebody yeah, was like, not, "Can you puke qu- more quietly?" Yes, Corey, could you puke quieter and like in a really kind of aggressive? That was like, Mariah, I believe. <laughs> That was good. And my other one was also Mariah when when they were doing the uh you know the big uh chest hanging from the rope that you have to slide across a saw thing. And like you couldn't really tell exactly what happened, but it clearly hit her in the midsection and whoever her partner was was like, "Oh, are you okay?" and she goes, "Oh man, it vagina whacked me." <laughs> I did not hear when you said that. Oh man, that that is a that is a good one. It was so oh. good, and and you know, like I, obviously she soldiered through, but it looked it looked uncomfortable to say the least. And uh, I just thought like the line "it vagina whacked me" was pretty incredible. <laughs> oh, I was very angry at Berna when she overruled Corey on that World Cup question. Oh my god. <laughs> So you deserve to lose for that. Just yep. for that. Yep. Oh, <laughs> this poor guy said had to saw down the wrong thing, or, or that was a, that was one of the saw ones, right? That was I think so. And then, it, it's, and then yeah. it was heavier too, right? I think it was yeah. also a heavier box if you got the wrong answer. So uh, really, really, really stunk. I also want to give a shout out though to Colleen for her eating challenge. Yeah, her pointless eating challenge performance, but yeah, a bummer nonetheless. But that was wildly <laughs> impressive. I mean, she smoked everybody, and she was not the first one to sit down at the table. No, no, no. That was that was quite something. And then on the other side, I just thought like, Narice got a really tough break on which partners she got where. Well, except she won her burner. Um, you know, I know. Around. That 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 was a nice sort of boon at the end, but you know she got Mariah in the water. She, like she didn't get a great run out of Emmanuel. Like it just she kind of she kind of got a tough break in terms of how how the partners rotated. And yeah, you know I just think it's a we don't know what'll happen in the conquest phase so maybe there are significant equalizers but right now it does feel like Emmanuel has almost I a think he's in a decent, decent spot with a, with a dating out you know what I mean yeah, I, like, it, she's like, not, I, I don't know that it's prohibitive I think there's going to be some equalization 
I think you're right. So, and then, how good is the manual of puzzles? That's, that's, that's the, well, that's what it has to that be. That is also a key question. Right? I mean, he so, did well. I'm not in sure the, the answer in that. He he did well in in the puzzle we saw in this episode. You know, in the uh, whatever. I don't know what that kind of puzzle is called. It's like a freestanding. Um, what's it called? The word they always use that I'm blanking on. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. What a are those puzzles expert. called with the little? Uh, like I want to say like polygonal something, but that's not it. Um, <laughs> tangrams. Uh, it's like tangram. a free, like a free floating tangram that they had to do there. Um, I, I thought Emmanuel did really well. Um, I was thinking that was a spot for Norris to to potentially catch him, and he and he had Berna with him, and he still did really well. So um, yeah, it's just tough. It's just tough, and and you know when they switch phases, sometimes they don't keep the lead, so it's possible it'll be equalized. But I also just think based on what the friggin' challenge is. Emmanuel is your favorite in most activities moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with that after day one. I mean, you, if there's a, a puzzle could favorite. equalize, certainly a trivia would equalize, but um, absent either of those, he, he would be my prohibitive favorite to win. And yeah, you know see, what? That's, I think that's, that, that's where we differ. I, think he's, I, don't, I, I don't think he's a prohibitive favorite. I just think he's the favorite. Fair enough. I, I, I will say, like, that would be the second best outcome, certainly top three outcomes for me at this point. Um, you know, if Norris can't win, Emmanuel, Corey, Mariah are probably my next choice. Yes, I think I'm Mariah next. Like Mariah, you know, Mariah has been kind of the the least guilty of, of the rest of that group. Like that. I agree, and I also mm-hmm. i I find her to be, and this could be a this she might just be fooling me, but. Uh, you know, despite the various physical uh, adjustments we've seen in her challenge career to her face and body, she seems to be the most down-to-earth person a lot of the times. Like, her ITMs are... Like, she's, she just seems pretty chill and straightforward and, like, not a dickhead. And I like that. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely, like... She's a little bit more of a of a baby face, I think, in terms of uh, her demeanor and uh, the way that she approaches people than the, the rest of them. So, totally. um, so yeah, I'd be happy to see her. Uh, Colleen Berta, I would be equally disappointed. Yep. Um, and Corey, eh, you know, I I think Corey's point about all the the gay men that have been voted off like the first and second week or. Uh, survives to be a wimp that like like winning one for them like I I actually was like all right you know what I I can see that a little bit I think well, that would be the the upside of a Corey victory. Let me say this. Um, I shout out Corey for that concept, and it's a it's a worthy way to think about it. It's also total nonsense. Uh, <laughs> Tyler. Anybody? Tyler? Tyler's won, by the way. Tyler's That's, a champ. He has he's multiple, a champ that he takes seriously. Multiple though, right? championships, like, I believe. And and yeah. to be frank, like, I don't... I, you know, I, I'm trying to be as nice as possible. But the, the, the gay men who have been voted off early have largely been poor physical competitors and not it's yeah. not like they were being targeted for homosexuality 
Right. They weren't like, at him. Was not targeted for homosexuality. He was targeted because he was tidy. You know That's I mean? right. But, but you know, I mean, I do think like you go, if you go back to like Karamo, you know what I mean? Like I think there have been been folks. Huey, you know, I think Huey gets target. You know, a little bit because he's gay, a little bit because he's pudgy. You know what I mean? It's, it's the butt. Kind of, yeah. It's it's <laughs> not because he's gay. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not because he's gay. And. And he Karamo, doesn't always do himself any favors with the dramatics. So no, agreed, but Karamo did one season and, like, made it more than halfway through before Landon knocked him out. Like, that's not <laughs> targeting that's the gay guy. That's good memory right there. <laughs> I looked it up, but, but I knew Karamo I knew Karamo wasn't, like, first guy eliminated. Yeah, you know? correct. All right. No, fair enough. And again, Tyler has won, I think, two or three titles. I think Corey, maybe Corey said that because wasn't he uh, a first guy eliminated on one of these? Yes. Yeah, but that's I think just that's you, and that also had nothing to do with being gay. You just got <laughs> eliminated. Right. Look, man, I gotta have, I need something. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> you know, like. I think the reason to be, the reason to respect oh, and man. support Corey is the way he handled the beginning of this final, frankly. And that's, that's my that's perspective. Good the way he eliminated Jay and the way he, like, handled that moment like a legitimate challenger, not like a soft-ass loser like so many people have behaved this year. The reality is Corey wins this thing at the end. We're going to be like, yeah. Correct. It's not great. It's not great, but at least Jay's gone. <laughs> Here's your upside for challenge season 39. At least Jay's gone. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Jay and Michelle tried to read this game and neither of them was around for the last episode. Hilarious. Um woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a bit of a rough season, guys. You know, next one's forty. Usually they go big on the tens, so let's let's hope there's a real comeback for, for yeah. season forty. I mean I think quickly, uh this is probably more a conversation for next week, but if I had to give you like a you know elevator pitch for my design of season forty, I think I would I would do a fresh meat style, you know, pair a non champion, not not actual new people, but pair one of these non champions that they're trying to get over with a a legend. Yeah, I'm ready for like a rivals next season again, but I don't think they're gonna do that for a forty. No, I would uh, for forty one. I'd love her. Rivals and X's were always the best seasons. It feels like to me. Uh, yeah. Although I'm not, yeah. I'm not looking at any data to support that. But there, it like it just you enter the house with added juice. Yeah, exactly. Like I, we need a little added juice. Right, I mean, Ryder dies had a little bit of that too. I think, but yeah. Um, no, but I, I think it was a good season. It was, and I think this this fortieth season needs a game where. Every every new face is paired with a legend face that we can actually get behind and have feelings about. Yeah, yeah, we need that. I would. Where are you on? Would you like to see champs come back in this finale in some way, shape, or form? I don't think that's going to happen, but somebody did bring it up as like a possibility. Yeah, I think it was Emmanuel because you know the the uh, chaos stage of the regular game did have champs, and he was like, "Hey, if they want to bring a champ back, great." Uh, I I don't think so. I don't think so. First you of all, you don't think it'll happen, or you don't, or you wouldn't want to see it. Oh, I'd 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 be fine with it. 
Um, I wouldn't be excited because this season has taught me not to be too excited about a champ showing up because they might just yeah. have to do something they're not good at. But I, 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 I'd be open to it. I just don't think it's going to happen because you, you played your ace. Yeah. Like yeah, Looking back, I really feel like that was the biggest crime in the season, the way that they used their champs. Yes. In many ways, it ruined the season because it gave us that weird holding pattern where nobody was eliminated for like four weeks. And it was just kind of depressing to see champs do things they're not very good at. <laughs> yeah. Like that's – you brought them here so the, and, and you're building it up like Terminators and then you're like playing on their weaknesses. When they have clearly have not been competing for a while in, a, in many instances. so Right. I mean, they um, were at a disadvantage from the scenario you, you gave them, and then you placed them at a further disadvantage by giving them games that they're not necessarily particularly good at. That sucked. Um, and I am... But the reason I don't think we'll see a champ in the final is just like they, play, like they played the CT card already. Who were they saving for the final? Unless it's bananas, but I feel like we were. Right, you have to bring somebody back. Bring it, oh, but yeah, I, I do, now that you say that, bringing back bananas would be kind of delicious. You know what I mean? Like, and it would add a giant a middle finger to Mariah. Yes, but is like Narice against bananas an elimination we're excited about? <laughs> Emmanuel versus bananas I would be excited about Corey yeah, versus I guess, bananas but, I'd be excited about but I would only be excited if it was something that they made they made a concerted effort to give bananas something he was good at because with all due respect to you know a top a Mount Rushmore player in this game Emmanuel's like 15 years younger sure like, but bananas is giving everything that's the point he's good at stuff <laughs> but like he is going to be giving up speed and and you know all the you all the things that come with youth, and that's just tough. Yeah. Like, I yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I don't think it's gonna happen. So I'm not gonna worry about it too much. Yeah, I mean, we knew who all the champs were that were eventually gonna come, and they've all come. So it would be a hell of a trick if they managed to sneak another champ. I just think right. And that's the thing is, I think logistically they weren't. They're not keeping those guys in Croatia that long, right? No, like you I don't go. Think so. You're there for, uh, I'm sure they had a defined period of we need you for these three, four days or whatever, exactly. and then they went home. So, I'm so. sure that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, don't see it happening, but it would be kind of cool if it did. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be angry. I just, uh, <laughs> let's get to this last episode, get us to a new season. Yeah. You can't, can't do that far from, from another season of challenge. <laughs> right. Whether it's a, a you know. Some version of some challenge has to be more or less right around the corner, and I think we're on the same page. That just like it's time to it's time to finish this one off, and hopefully the yeah. end is better than most of the season was. But it's time to move on. I got a feeling you're getting a sixty minute episode next week, as opposed to a ninety minute. So, Maybe. Um, that's a lot of times when they get to when they get all the way through day one on the challenge on the first final. That's how it goes. Um. And then we'll get to reunion, which I think actually might be interesting this year. <laughs> uh, in many ways, like I'm as interested in the reunion as I am in the final. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of a lot of tea. Tea is still, honestly, still going around 
on social media. So right, it seems um, like the tea. There's still tea in the in the the cup. Maybe maybe even in the pot at this point that, that is yet to be spilled. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I'm ready to see some of that because it does not seem like seem like many of these relationships uh, have healed. Although I will say, if you heard Olivia on the Challenge podcast, right, she did give a pretty impassioned impassioned speech of like. You know, everybody out there just trying to be a little nicer to these people. Like, yeah, they made mistakes, but they're they're also humans, and it's a crazy environment. And every she's like, even Jay, like <laughs> you know, like don't harass Jay. Online. Yeah, I think Jeez. Olivia's a nice person, um, and I also think like she's primarily a transgressor here. So uh, yeah, and she she was also very apologetic for her. She was. Trans. She's like, yes, I transgressed, and I. I just want to say that I'm sorry. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and shout out to her for handling it like an adult, but also that's the easy part. You shouldn't have done it. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> like, yeah, great. Good job. You you handled the aftermath of your terrible decision-making reasonably well. But that's why I think, look, I think that's important in life. Like, how I we agree. get up is just as important as whether we fell, you know? I agree. I agree. But there's a difference between falling and, like, dropping – like sticking a, a stick into your own bicycle. Stick. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Should we, should we move on to culture? Yeah, I think we should. Um, and if it's okay with you, I'd like to start with uh, the daily show. I was going to suggest that anyway. So it's quite okay with me. Um, did you know John Stewart was only doing once a week? I did. Yes. Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, so that was just Mondays. Surprise. He's like he's like Rachel Maddow. That I I Rachel Maddow also just does Mondays now. Sorry, you didn't know that. Yeah, I have checked out of all real news, um, and <laughs> and I think I'm now uh, pretty firmly checked out of comedy news as well. Um, is John Stewart? Yeah, so you were just you were just like this was a disaster. Is that is that where you're coming no, from on that? Not at all. It was The Daily Show. It, yeah. it was. This was the Daily Show with John Stewart. I I used to. It was watch the it. Daily Show classic. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch yeah. that show. It's a good show. I don't want to watch that anymore because I don't think it's. I mean, this is tricky because you know we're in the toy department, and I don't want to get into a whole thing, but I John Stewart said as much himself. His time would be better spent somewhere else. This is just, what's the point of this show right now? Because, I mean, we had a little conversation about this before we started, and, and I don't want to go too far out of the toy department, but, like, we're in a late-stage capitalist crisis. Our, our, everything reasonable people in this country hold dear is collapsing. We are in a true apocalyptic scenario from a nation standpoint and I don't I, I just think that like I don't want to be a hypocrite either because I'm not in the streets organizing but like if Jon Stewart has the energy he should go do that I think he could well, be a real I mean, value. John Stewart has done plenty of actual activism. He has I, and I'm not criticizing him for not doing activism what I'm saying is like Literally, what's the point of this? Any anybody could make those jokes. I don't. It, it was funny, 
There were some good moments. The interview was actually salient and interesting with the uh, editor-in-chief of The Economist. But, like, not... I'd rather listen to a 40-minute podcast with Jon Stewart and her than watch 25 minutes of jokes for five minutes of interesting discussion. I just... I, I really... And this is probably me being, like, a shitty do-nothing liberal, but, like... I just think it's kind of distasteful at this point to do a stand-up set as the Titanic is sinking. I don't know. It's just well. Let me all right. So let me try to tackle your semi-rhetorical question here. Um, in you know, because I also I too sort of watch this and go like maybe this format has just sort of outlived its usefulness in terms of the way people can you know consume news and that we'd be better off you know watching a podcast like you said or even just having some of the the parts that make up the daily show uh you know like i think you watched a, a second night right uh, one of the, the you know the clepper night on night two yep right where you know like if you're taking those bits that he does so well where he's going to trump rallies right. and just you know asking trumpers questions and putting those online you know like those work great online like those yep. kill on Instagram, you know what I mean? Like they're and they're funny little hits to, to grab in the middle of the day. And maybe maybe that's just the best use of this stuff now. Maybe. But at the same time, then I think like, but man, I really love having John Oliver in my life once a week. You know what I mean? So and he's he's essentially doing the same things. Like wow. yeah, there's the series mid segment, but the he's telling jokes as the Titanic sinking, right? So Yeah, and I'm not watching I, John I Oliver either. Value. I think there's value in that, though. Like, I do think, like, having a little bit of a release and just trying to have a laugh. Otherwise, like, it's just tearing your hair out all the time about about what's happening in the world. Honestly, whether you're on the left or the right, I think people feel that way, right? So Yeah, but um, I guess I'd rather, you know, this is rejiggering the entertainment landscape significantly. But, like, I'd rather laugh at, as an example, Ted Lasso and then... Like spend spend my hard news time trying to figure out how to get people to agree on what the truth is, then like laugh at people. I don't know. I and I did laugh. Yeah, see, so, I watch I watch plenty of I watch plenty of regular news, and I listen to plenty of serious podcasts. You know, talking about these non toy department things. You know, yeah. So like, it's nice to I don't know. Like, it's nice to have a little comedy around it. And, right. you know, if we're getting into specifics, like, you know, like I like one of the reasons why I like some of the crooked media content is because they do treat it with a bit of a sense of humor. Like that really does sort of help to leaven some of it. You know what I mean? So I, I think there's room for this. And particularly if it's like once a week may actually be a better dose of John. You know, because yeah, honestly, if he's if he's there every night, him just trying to like relive the old thing, right? You know, um, then he is the thing that they that they, I thought they they sort of like boldly kind of joked about in terms of like how you know uh, people of older generations won't you know won't get out of the way, right? Um, you know, like I thought they handled that joke pretty well. Um, you know, if he was there five nights a week and, you know, had taken the spot that people have been literally auditioning for a solid year to try and get, then 
<laughs> then yeah, that really is what's happening, and that's maybe a little bit more sad, you know. So I mean, that, maybe maybe we have hit on the right place, you know. That still is what's happening because they still haven't hired a real host, and they're still and making right. these and they people won't, audition. They won't. Until, they won't until John Stewart leaves, right? Right. So, so that I mean, he can joke about <laughs> but he's it. He's going to leave, right? It's this is a finite thing, so. Um, right, and well, Trump is going to hand the presidency to the next guy. I mean, it's just <laughs> I don't. Man, I really shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> no, but I mean, this is the point, right? Like, I think you and I, I, I think those jokes are better made between friends. And I don't, again, I don't have a problem with the Daily Show. It, the Daily Show with John Stewart is a good show. Full stop. Um, it it does what it's trying to do, and it's funny and it's informative. Um, I just. It leaves me more depressed than I start watching it. Like, to giggle for 22 minutes and then end up more depressed is not a super enjoyable process for me. And I just don't... Yeah. Like, all that stuff... That, I mean, that's I know... Not my reaction. I don't. I don't walk away from this more depressed than I already am. I'm I the guess. same depressed that I already am. Okay. I guess. Well, for me, yeah. it's like, I know intellectually in my head that to literally incompetent old men are the choices for president coming up and that the country is really in a state of disrepair and uh, disaster. And uh, still five minutes of jokes about how these guys are so incredibly old and basically non-functional just makes me sad about the state of the world. You know, I laugh at the jokes and then at the end I'm like, oh my God. This is real. And I'm yeah, and look, I, you, you can certainly make the argument that the number of people who watch Daily Show with Jon Stewart versus the number of people that watch the Daily Show with Jon Stewart when Jon Stewart was the full-time host, you know, is indicative of there isn't a, a need for a nightly television show that's doing this. But um, I think it also says some other things uh, just about a world that have nothing to do with politics or the quality of this show. So, um, you know, it's all, it's all baked in there in some way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And again, I'm not like, if enough people want to watch it, that's how, that's how television works. You know what I'm saying? It's just not, it's not going to be me because <laughs> I'd rather watch as an example, I'd rather watch louder milk for 30 minutes than the daily show. Cause I don't have to feel guilty about laughing at louder milk. Yeah, that's fine. I just, for me, I don't want it to be, you know, I don't want to be in escape mode all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. But is this not escape mode? Um, like we no, laugh and then we it's, do it's, nothing. It's some netherworld in between okay. escape mode and not escape mode. All you know out. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I know what you mean. I just, yeah, I, it's purgatory. It's, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's just tough because, and, and this was the conversation we had before we pressed record, and I don't want to have it again, but, like, fundamentally, the, the difficulty here is, like, we are very powerless. Very, very powerless in these situations. It's very, very difficult to, to have any impact on the real stuff. And I, it just makes all of this harder for me. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you're talking about the comparison between two incompetent old men. Yeah. Um, and this is a very non-toy department opinion, but I think we've, we've crossed that line now at this point anyway. But a, there is a significant difference of course, between the two incompetent old men 
And yet, choosing either one is not going to fix the overall situation, right? So, no. <laughs> regardless of which one gets picked, the uh, you know even if one is significantly worse, the pro- the other problems that you talked about are still going to exist. That's right. right. The so, good option is not a good option. Yeah. It's just the, um, it's the least worst option. It, it's you know? clearly the least worst option, right? I mean, I like, yeah. and that's kind of what what bothers me about all this is like, none of this is complicated. It's all very depressing, but like, any reasonable human can see the obvious choice between two bad choices, <laughs> and now we're just like gonna giggle about all the dumb stuff happening in between, while, you know, look, I, the, the Daily Show to me has probably no effect on who ends up coming out of this thing, but it's sure going to feel more distasteful and unpleasant if the wrong guy comes out of this thing. You mean that we laughed? That yeah. It, that's what it's going to feel in? Hmm. To me, yeah. To me, yes. I don't know. And maybe look, I'm overly serious or something, and maybe yeah. there's, maybe why not laugh since survive. there's nothing I can do? But, like, yeah. I don't know. It all just makes me uncomfortable, and it's just stuff that, like, that's not what I sit down to feel at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday after my wife goes to sleep, you know? Yeah. Is that when you're watching it? Because uh, no one's watching it at, you know, 10.30 p.m. or whatever. It actually, like, airs live, are they? Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, should we move on? Do you want to talk about that feud or the, or the new look next? Uh, I think I, I don't know, man. I, I'm at, I'm at a bit of a loss with both of these shows. Um, <laughs> I, uh, let's, let's do feud. With you, Cause I, I, I do think that's a little bit easier, uh, maybe to, to wrap, wrap my head around so far. How many, how many of you did you watch? I watched the first two. I watched three. Oh, okay. Uh, that doesn't suggest to me though, that you are at least your, 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 your comments have not suggested to me that you were like all aboard this magical carpet ride. No. Um, I, I, you know, I just, I'm, I, I find myself asking why again. Um, I, what, like why this story? I, I, I guess let me try approaching this from a different angle. I feel like what we have here from Ryan Murphy with the show Feud, Capote versus the Swans, is a story that, and a show that would be awesome if I had any prior knowledge or interest in the facts of the, of what happened. But I don't. I don't care about these people at all. And I'm not sure why anyone should care about high society ladies from the whenever this is 50s when is this 60s uh 60s i think early 60s right i don't why is this a important story why is this an interesting story it i like there are some scenes where naomi watson uh you know What's her face? Um, Clea, uh, I, I want to say Clea Duvall, but it's uh, Chloe Sevigny. Chloe Sevigny, yeah. And uh, you know, 
the, the where the uh, Calista Flockhart they're sitting around a table and it's I mean it's a it's a spectacle to behold. And I don't I think everyone's very good and uh the guy who plays Capote is in, in certainly embodying the role. Um and it looks beautiful like all Ryan Murphy's stuff does. But I could at least find a little bit of a why for the Crawford Betty Davis thing and there was a little more like salacious housewivesy drama to it this just feels like rich people throwing petty tantrums and I don't know what I'm supposed to take from that mm. the um, the the time stuff uh, it jumps around a lot um, and, and also that right, makes it confusing yeah. So at least per Wikipedia, uh, 1952, 1955, 1968, and then the bathhouse scene is 1975. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So you really have, of course, a couple different decades. <laughs> right. And like the way they're jumping around, I can't always tell. Like, okay, is, does she have cancer right now? Is she mad at him right now? When did he offend? Like, I don't. It's difficult to follow the the actual drama of who who wronged who and what happened. Um, yeah, and it's and again, just like, what's the point? Well, I mean, look, I think the reason why ostensibly why we're here, that not necessarily the point of the show, but why we're here, right, is to watch these fabulous uh, group of actresses, largely from our youth, right, like Vamp. You know what I mean, and and um, yeah, and that know, part's in that good, Ryan I guess. Murphy high society way, and it is, but I honestly don't think we're getting enough of it, frankly. No, no uh, it's we're a, lot of a lot of a lot of Truman vamping, yeah, which yeah. I which I'm less here for, frankly. So, and again, like uh, that guy's I, good. I find really super duper fucking repetitive. Honestly. Yes. So, right, like they're, it's all so petty, and it's all yeah. so like. This all exists in this made up, unimportant high society world where, like, I, I truly couldn't care less if these people die or their lives fall apart. Right. And, like, part of, like, what made what makes succession so great is it's like, yeah, everybody's an asshole. Um, but, like, you are those those assholes also are doing things that actually have like a real effect on a lot of people. And, so the and they're engaged. They're, they're engaged and incompetent. Right. Like has stakes. You know what I mean? Exactly. They're engaged in feuds with each other that are complicated and interesting. This right. is just like, I can't believe you said that about me in the New York post. Now I'm mad. <laughs> and then like 15 shots of each principal character being like, but I miss him or her so much. <laughs> now you're doing Truman. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched so, the third episode to be like, "Am I missing something here?" And I don't think I was. Well, and I was going to point out that, like, you know, when we watch Beef, which is at least somewhat a similar concept, right? Like, after three episodes, we're like, ah, "I don't know what this really means or where it's going," and it turned out to be. Completely surprising where it went and where it's going, but I don't think that Ryan Murphy has that in his bag. So I don't think that's uh, yeah, I don't think that's even a remote possibility for this show. 
Yeah, I don't expect the show to surprise us. <laughs> I think it's going to end exactly how it started, with like a sad gay man who doesn't doesn't have a ton of friends. I don't. Had a lot of drinks. He has a lot of drinks. Right. And he's of he's yeah. drunk as shit and uh, sad that his favorite ladies don't love him anymore. I don't know. I. It also just makes, like, who in this show is a likable character? I mean, I think the Naomi Watts character is supposed to be a likable character, right? Maybe, but I don't care about her or particularly like her. I don't hate her, but, like, there's nothing to recommend her, so to speak. Um, She's just a rich lady who's, like, not terrible. Okay. (laughs) Right. I don't know. know. I just, you're right. And when it comes down to it, you're like, it's nice to see Diane Lane and Glowy 78. Oh, is Close to Flockhart acting again? Holy shit. Right, like, right. hey, Molly Ringwald's in this. Oh right. my God, it's to be more. Like, that's that's what you got. That that's was my best to. moment. Of, the oh my God, it's to me more was the best moment I had watching this show. Yeah. Yeah. Where's she been? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it literally was like, that lady across the room looks familiar. Oh my God, it's to me more. <laughs> So, um, yeah, yeah, not all right, not a ton to recommend, and I, I don't know if I'll be finishing this one. Yeah, um, I only watched one of the new look because it just came out last night, and that's same. All right, you get to. Um, I will say more interesting than I necessarily expected to be after the first few minutes. Like I really thought it was going to be a lot of, you know. Hey, these people weren't necessarily nice, but look at these fucking dresses they made. You know what I mean? Um, right. Like, wow, there's some real craftsmanship here. And um, it's definitely a much more interesting, complicated story than that. I mean, I think they're really going out of their way to um, what, the, what the word is. Uh, wash away the sins of Christian Dior's selling dresses to Nazis, but um, it is at least sort of an interesting tale and an interesting contrast, and um, it's not quite soaked in the World War II-ness of the uh, Flyboy show that we watched the week before, so... Um, uh, So I I could see watching more of it, I guess is what I will say through, through, through one episode. Let me uh, damn this show with faint praise. It is clearly better than Feud or Masters of the Air and has elements of both, right? It is it is dealing with high society ponces and their high society behaviors. And it is a World War II show. But at least it's addressing some interesting moral quandaries it is confronting some questionable uh nazi related decision making as you point out like there is something here to make me think that this show has something interesting to say yeah and i I do think there's another layer of moral complexity like you know it's not like these guys are german and like this this root is taking hold in their country and they do nothing to stop it or actively help it along. Like no, they're in danger. They are in an occupied country where, like, right. not going along could have real potential consequences for their own health, life, and safety. Right. That's so right. it's 
uh, that does make it much more morally complex, I think. You know what I mean? Yes, and whether or not the real Christian Dior had these moral quandaries that he was dealing with is kind of immaterial, because I do think that's an interesting thing to explore. So, I, you know, I'm not like... I can't wait to get off this podcast and watch the second episode. Um, but I'm also not sitting here going, why the fuck are we doing this? Which is, you know, by the standards of shows we've watched <laughs> recently. It's been a recurring theme today. Why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. Not just today. It's been a recurring theme for like six months. So I like, I almost feel like a, a show that doesn't piss me off immediately is a victory. <laughs> Congratulations, new look. And, you know, look, for what it's worth, uh, by the way, how funny is it? I, I, I did spend the week leading up to this being like, I just can't see Maisie Williams as some douchey designer. But, of course, she's and like she's a badass revolutionary. Yeah, <laughs> and I was yeah, like, oh, not. I can definitely yeah. see that. <laughs> um, shout out Maisie Williams. She's a douchey designer's younger sister. That's exactly, exactly. That was like, I was, I really was wondering what, I was like, I don't think I'm going to buy her as like a fancy pants designer. And they're like, no, she's riding bikes through the streets of occupied Paris trying to fight the fucking good fight. I'm like, oh, that's, no. that's her. Yeah, I buy that. She does have a bit of a fancy pants hairdo though, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's France yes. in the 50s, you know. Um, yeah, sure. So I, I, I have... Things that I am interested in and feeling good about with this show, I, I do think I'll watch at least a couple more. Um, and that is, it really is more than I feel like we could say about a lot of the new shows we've watched lately. I said that's true. And the it's, acting uh, across is... the board here is pretty great. Juliette Binoche is, that's another lady we haven't seen in a while that is, it's nice to see. Ben Mendelsohn is always good. It's, uh, I'm not ready to go two thumbs up, but, like, I have hope. <laughs> Indeed. Conditional thumbs up for, for the new book. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that wraps us up for this week. You, you got homework? You got, you got any sports takes you want to get off real quick before we uh, get to homework? Do we want to do any, uh, like, a quick Super Bowl wrap? Um, I, I, just I mean, it turned into one of the great Super Bowl games of all time, even though... The first two hours was pretty awful. Um, I I think it's a rare game where you can always nitpick in football. There's so many decisions that get made, but I think this one kind of went how it was supposed to. Two teams that were really pretty evenly matched, both flawed, but both with some incredible talent. Most of the players you wanted to stand out stood out, and in the end... I just don't really believe that there's any single decision the Niners could have done differently that would have stopped Patrick Mahomes from beating them in the end. You get right. You got to find what, 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 what the 49ers lost this game because they had a long period with the lead where they couldn't extend that lead to a place where uh, Mahomes couldn't get them within a score. Right. Right. You know, the and particularly, I mean, look, it's not, a, you know, it's not exactly. Uh, unheard of analysis for me to say, like, you know, having that extra point block really killed them. Did but it though? Let me let me make I, a. I think me... it did. And here's why: because it's not only that you have Mahomes, but when you have Mahomes, and Mahomes really just needs to get to midfield to be able to put three points up on the board, 
it makes it almost impossible. It, it, it really makes it hard to figure out how to defend. And they and Steve Wilkes clearly tried to defend him the wrong way a few different times, and it cost him his job. So, I, you know, I, I do think that 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 it did really matter that they only needed a field goal instead of a touchdown, uh, both of that drive at the end of regulation. Um, and, uh, you know, I think maybe even sooner in that game and certainly in overtime as well. Like the fact that you obviously that you keep the field goal rather than, you know, going for it a fourth down, trying to get Oof. seven up there so that, you know what I mean? Like that's, uh, you know, and you know, that gets into the whole, should we have gone first or second thing, I think, but, um, you know, it's when he only needs a field goal, man, it's just, it's just, it's really, he's really tough to stop. And I, you know, I hear they you. had two situations where he only needed two. I hear you. You're not wrong. And yet, I'd be prepared to bet my house that if they make that extra point, he beats them in regulation. Yeah. Like, I just don't. I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> he, just he just gets the touchdown, is what you think. Right? Yes. Yeah. Because on fourth down, they go for it. And which way are you betting if you have to bet whether Patrick Mahomes <laughs> makes a fourth down with the game on the line? So what you're saying is you wouldn't kick that field goal is that, that what you're saying, right? You're going for it up fourth down. I, I just don't know. What I'm really saying is that... Because you're saying you, you have to get seven in that situation, right? Like if you take the ball first and you know you're giving it back to him and you think he's going to get seven if he needs it, then you have to have seven. You're talking about right? an overtime. When he gets the ball. I'm talking I, about an overtime, yeah. I Yeah, I think I'd go for it. And I... I say that acknowledging that I'm, you know, maybe not Kyle Shanahan, but a normal coach gets fired if they make that call and lose the game. Um, we killed Dan Campbell for that. Absolutely. Dan Campbell would absolutely do it, but we killed yes. him, you know. But I do yeah. think when Mahomes is on the other side, that's, that's the right approach. On the other hand, could you argue that they should have taken the ball second so that they knew whether they had to match. They absolutely and then should have taken the ball second. I don't know, agree. So. I don't think it's. I don't think Ooh. it's that clear at all. Oh, I think you want to know what you what you have to do against Mahomes, and it gives you the advantage of, you know, it, if they score in any way, shape, or form, you know that you're you're working with four downs every series instead of you know three. Not really. If they score a field goal, you're not working with four downs every time. If they score a field goal, then you got to come back and get a field goal, right? So, yes. Like, but, you're working with four downs, so you're in field goal territory. But that's not very long in this situation with the kickers that yeah. were – it's basically till you cross midfield, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, but that – I mean, right? You're not going to necessarily – like, if you take the ball first and you have fourth down on your own 20, you're probably punting, right? If you take the ball second and you have fourth down on your own 20, you're absolutely going for it if they, you know, Kansas City has scored. I guess, so, but but – but that's, that's not necessarily a good situation if it's fourth and eight, you know? I, like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, mean, and, I don't know. And, I just try to know. I just and by the know. way, what if you score a touchdown on that first drive without needing to go for a fourth down, and then they score a touchdown? Like, I think the better question, honestly, was did you realize that if uh, the, the team scored a touchdown on their first possession that they still get the ball? Because I did not. I did. I, yes. I fully admit that I did not know that. No, I did know that, and and this whole thing about well, oh, the 49ers players weren't prepared. Who cares? The only person who needed to know was Kyle, and he knew. Kyle and uh, uh, um, Fred Warner. Well, I mean, Fred Warner doesn't have to know why. He just needs to know the choice. 
Right. I and then, right. You just need some choice. And Fair then you're enough. just playing football. It does like so this idea that they were unprepared is ridiculous. And I, I honestly if I'm Kyle, I, like I approach this like I'm going to score a touchdown. And if I'm going to score a touchdown, I want it first. Yeah, see, but I I still want it second if I'm going to score a touchdown. Because I'm going to stay in the game if I score a touchdown. Um, but then if you're I'm going second, or I'm going to win if I'm going. <laughs> it's got, those are the only two outcomes at that point. No, so, no, no. First of all, if you score a touchdown, then you basically have to go for two. So you've gone all the way down, and you're still going to have to put the entire game on one play. Because you can't give the ball to Patrick Mahomes in sudden death. Then all he needs is a field goal to win. Never mind tie. Yeah, you're right. I'd probably go for two. But I'm okay putting the game down on one play if I'm Kyle Shanahan. I believe I'm going to make that one play. If I'm the best offensive play caller in the game. I Look, I'm not, I'm not saying... I honestly just think most of these decisions that Kyle Shanahan is being criticized for are coin flip decisions. And the reason yeah. he is being criticized is because of the results. And I, Yeah, I think some of that's true. And I think also people, the narrative Kyle Shanahan can't win a Super Bowl is now available. Yeah, And so people are looking for uh, factual statements that they can gather as points of evidence to support said narrative. Right. right. But the reality so. is anyone pushing that narrative is incredibly ignorant of football history and football present. So I don't I like I'm not sure combating that narrative is a worthwhile pursuit because it's dumb. Like well no, if you're in the game, you don't give a shit about what the narrative is. But that's what we're talking about afterwards. No, 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 but I'm saying like as a as a a media voice if you will, to give myself more credit than I deserve, like I don't see the benefit of trying to combat that narrative because at the end of the day like I can't make Kyle Shanahan have a Super Bowl victory. He doesn't have one. So, you know, that's kind of like game, set, match. But at the same time, like we did this with Andy Reid for 15 years. And now everybody agrees. That's the game, set, match. Is that we were convinced for decades that Andy Reid couldn't win a Super Bowl. But but it's not just Reid. It's all dumb. People said this about Michael Jordan. Like it's just, it is idiotic reactivism. And and I don't... Like, Kyle Shanahan's job is not in danger. I don't think he ha- there were any significant flaws in his decision-making. I think the, you know, the decisions that went poorly were kind of coin flips that just broke wrong. And unfortunately, that's the nature of football. The sample sizes are so small that a lot of times the outcomes are decided by coin flips that don't break your way. Yeah. I think also people don't understand probability, right? Like, you know... And, and just because you do something because it has a higher probability than something else doesn't mean that that thing is going to work. Like part of the whole probability is that there are negative outcomes built in there. Exactly. Right? So, Especially if you're talking about 60, 40, 55, 45, like yeah. if you have a 55, 20, you know what I mean? Like, right. You're still going to, you're still going to lose out at 80, 20, 20. Yeah. You know you're going to lose one in every five times. And if it's 55, 45, like, Unless you do it a thousand times, you might lose more than you win. But you still made the yeah. right decision picking the 55 side. Right. Exactly. But people don't 
they they don't get that. Because no, and that's why we the, play the, the results. But and look, yeah. I'm not going to come down on on the common layperson for playing the results because like everyone's not going to have time to dig into this stuff. But <laughs> I do think if you want to be serious about analyzing Kyle Shanahan, a lot of what's being discussed is pure nonsense. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we got through, we got through all that without talking about Travis Kelsey, and I uh, I would I'd like to, to keep it there if possible. So, um, I, the, the only thing, homework. yeah, I, I mean, the only point I would make about Kelsey is just like, uh, damn it, <laughs> it's not really about Kelsey. It's just about about media in general. It it plays to the point that I just made about playing the results. Like the conversation about Travis Kelsey, you know physically assaulting his elderly head coach would be a very different one if they had lost that game. And that's kind of the exact point of how all the Shanahan stuff is going to me. Like they, the, the chiefs won. So Kelsey can go on his goofy podcast with his brother and be like, yeah, I assaulted Andy Reed. My bad. Um, if they had lost, people would be killing that guy. Killing him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they would be. They would be, and I, yeah, I'm almost, I'm happy for him that it worked out the way that it did because he was just a, you know, that he was just himself the whole time. Agreed. The real I, ones know. And I'm you not saying I mean? he should be getting killed by any stretch. Like it's football. I think the way it was handled is probably the right way. But so much of how the general public discusses these things comes down to who wins and who loses. Uh, yes, yes, it does. Because of where it's a results-based business, as people like to say. Amen. So, uh, so, so, and so it goes. Um, all right, let's get out of here and go. We're going to go to the Champions League later. Okay, but um, we got to do homework first. Oh wait, it's, it's Thursday. It's Europa. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, hey, wait. Uh, oh no, it's not. It's not Arsenal. Sorry. I I was gonna I was gonna try to draw you into watching the Chelsea women tomorrow, but it's uh it's not the Arsenal game yet. Yeah, yeah, you know the Arsenal are uh, the Arsenal women are falling a little bit behind. So um, it's uh, yeah, but uh, you got us last time, so it'll still be a revenge, uh, a grudge match the next time. They <laughs> yes, play. yes. Well, and they're the two best teams in the league, regardless of whether one is getting a few points ahead in front in front of the other. So always yeah. a good watch. I'll, I'll be there for that. We just need to figure out what it is. Um, we are going to watch a soccer movie March fifteenth. Um, by the way, March fifteenth. All right, it's March. Um, Beware. Taika Waititi's uh, soccer movie, Next Goal Wins, is uh, now available on Hulu. Yeah. Um, not the biggest movie drop of the movie streaming drop of the week, though. Um, so we're uh, Oppenheimer's coming out as well, so we're, we're going to get to that. Uh, and I'm cl- I'm closing in on all the best picture noms. So. Um, oh yeah. We'll see if I can get there by the end of. Uh, so I was looking at this. I was looking at this recently for podcast purposes. Uh, I think we have both seen The Holdovers, Maestro, American Fiction, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Barbie. So that's half of them. We're going to watch Oppenheimer this week. Um, And then I think three of the remaining four are available at least to rent. Uh, So we should be able to get to all those before Oscar time. I forget which one. What What are the remaining four? Poor Things, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, and Anatomy of a Fall. I want to say The Zone of I, Interest is the one that's tough to find. I think Past Lives is streaming somewhere now, too. Uh, they are all in theaters. 
and many of them are available on Prime or whatever your uh, renting platform is. So yeah, hopefully we'll get to all those before the actual ceremony, which I can't even remember when it is. <laughs> I know, me neither. <laughs> March, yeah, I think we got time. We got a few weeks. All right, God, it seems like there's a lot of ways to watch it online, but I think you have to pay for all of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, the last few are still all paid, which, you know, there should be a policy. Oh, no, oh, no, it's on Paramount Plus for free, it sounds like. Which one? Pa Past Live. Should we add that to the homework? Sure, why not? All right, let's do that. Two Oscar movies in one week, big week. Yeah, try topping them off. All right, cool. All right, bye. <laughs> it's like I think we're done. Yeah. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The lights out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the Jello is jiggling. So long, everybody, and do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.